All right, everybody, welcome to Superhouse Live. This is Andrew. I am your host for this episode. Uh, the other co-host couldn't make it for this one. The song you're listening to now is called Tabun Kaze. That means it's probably the wind in Japanese. And this is a Japanese band called Sakanakshon, which means fish action. My wife introduced me to this band, and I've been listening to them ever since. And this week we have a very special guest, actually, not necessarily a celebrity, but um, this is a guy that uh, ran the software, etc. Uh, video game store in the mall that we used to go to in Montgomery, Alabama when I was a kid. And we went there so many times that we actually befriended him. And you came over to our house with your girlfriend or wife at the time, <laughs> I think. It was my wife. Your wife. I didn't know if you yeah. were married or not at the time, but yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I was married by then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, anyway, uh, his name is Dennis. And uh, yeah, what's going on, Dennis? Not much, man. I was kind of surprised you wanted to interview me about this software store. Well, you know, I, I, I we have interviewed some like we interviewed uh, Adam Carolla once on this podcast, and we've interviewed. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, back in back in the day, he was actually our first one, and we we've interviewed a few other like not as big as Adam Carolla, but but others, you know, I guess more minor celebrities than that, or mm-hmm. well, I wouldn't say celebrities, but like comic book artists or whatever. So, um, but lately, I've been kind of like, of course, I still want to do that, but I want to kind of um, do stuff that's a little bit more personal to me as well. It's just kind of a different direction that we're that we're taking with the podcast. And I thought this would be cool, man. I mean, retro gaming is huge online and you know, it's, it's kind of cool to see this like uh, insider info. I think that you have about software, et cetera, and stuff. If you guys don't know software, et cetera, was a chain in the Southeast. Was it in any other part of the country? It was actually nationwide. It was, was it? Uh, yeah. Um, they were based out of grapevine, Texas. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if it was just one area or not, but yeah, it was like if you're a millennial, a younger millennial, then this was there were more there was more than GameStop back in the day. So, um, but yeah, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got uh, started with, um, you know, how you got into software, etc. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, when I was growing up, you know, I. It was before video games, really, before I knew what they were. And, you know, like back in, I think it was like 82, it was about 82, whenever the Atari came out, mm-hmm. um, a friend of mine across the street got one. Of course, you know, he had to have everything. So, you know, we <laughs> lived through, you know, oh my God, Pac Man's coming out. You know, oh, it's supposed to be just like the one that's in the arcade, you know, <laughs> you know, because I grew up playing in arcades. And, you know, you get. <laughs> If he finally goes out and buys uh, Pac-Man, and we sit down and play it, and I was like, "Man, this is garbage! <laughs> it was horrible." <laughs> I mean, but we still played it because it was like, you know, it was Pac-Man, but it was like it wasn't Pac-Man. Uh, but you know, we lived through that, and I, I think I told you about the whole ET, the video game too. Oh, yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I got out of video games for a while, but I still kept up with the arcades through the 80s when I was in the Navy um, every chance I got you know I because you know I had a big paycheck and no bills so I just went down and bought you know got a whole roll of quarters and just played in the arcade <laughs> for a long time but uh, 
then when I got back uh, out of the Navy, I had to have a computer. So the first thing I go out and buy is not a PC, but I bought an Amiga. Oh, uh, yeah. Commodore Amiga. So I don't know if you know what that is. You know, I know a little bit about that time period, but I have no like personal... I don't think I've ever really played one. I never played a Commodore or a, an, an Amiga. Amiga was pretty much a gaming PC. Yeah, it was, it was a gaming PC, but it also did... You know, it had a word processor and things like that that I used for um, typing up my uh, papers when I was in college. But I don't think I ever bought a game for it. I, oh, I had really? tons of games, but you know, it was like back in the day... You know, when the Commodore 64 came out, you'd, you'd have like a big meetup with people. Yeah. And, you know, you would either go out and buy, you would go out and buy floppy disks, the five and a big five and a quarter things. Yeah. And Actual then, floppies. Um, yeah. And then you would buy a game and then you would start trading games. So, you know, you'd go to one person, copy a game and it would take, you know, five and a quarter floppy. It would take probably like 30 minutes to copy a stupid game. But, uh. <laughs> I mean, that's how you got games back then. It was just, yeah, it was like mass piracy. <laughs> you could code for it too, right? There was like a, I think there was like a coding scene with a Commodore. Yeah, there was a magazine called the uh, Commodore Magazine. And uh, I, ca- I I still got my VIC-20. If you, that was pre-Commodore 64 where it backed up on cassette. Uh, okay. And me and my brother sat there and, and coded on the Vic Twenty, and I, I did a little bit of coding on the Commodore, but it was a little bit harder to do. Um, so you get out of the military, and then you, you a couple years pass. Super Nintendo comes out, and then you um, start working for software, etc. Yeah, I was working in. You know, I did a bunch of jobs. I did like you know worked in a grocery store as a meat cutter, and then that's a odd job, and. <laughs> A music store, which I, uh, I'll never work in again if they ever get popular again. Because yeah. hearing freaking the same song over and over again oh, for yeah. a month while it's popular will Wait, drive what you song nuts. Was, what song were you hearing over and over? Do you remember? Oh, um, Achy Breaky Heart. If I hear oh. that song one more time, man, I'm going to lose my mind. That's one of the worst songs ever made. Oh, but anything that was in the top 40 got top, you know, you always had to play. And yeah. it just got annoying. But then um, I was working in what was called Record Town at the time. In the day, you know, it was Record Town in the days of CDs. Mm-hmm. And uh, a friend of mine used to work there, and he went over to Software Etc. And the manager was leaving. He was taking over, and he's like, "Man, I really want you as my assistant." I was like, "I'm in, man." <laughs> and I left right before Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving rush, which in the music store is like was the worst thing because those people. Would, music store you know there's a lot of good people but music store people who shop in music stores are different they're looking (laughs) for they're looking for that one song and you can't you know as i learned your taste is not the same as everybody else's oh yeah so you just kind of you have to cater to to everybody's music taste and you're like you know after working there for a couple years i was crazy just i went out yeah but uh once I got into the over the software, et cetera, and started working there, I was like, man, these are my people, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is great. Everybody, right. you know, you know, I would say 99% of the customers were, were, were great, you know? And, uh, just, you got the, back then it was, 
it was centric centric PC because we had just they had I had moved over there right after the launch of Windows ninety five. Yeah. And they moved like they sold I think four or five hundred copies of Windows ninety five. Oh yeah. And so they were riding high on that and you know, there was a lot of PC software we were selling, but I you know, I noticed all these game consoles you know, I have seen over the years in some of the gaming magazines and, you know, I just never really paid attention to, cause you'd mentioned 3DO to me and I was like, man, I forgot about that system altogether. Most people did. Well, it was cool. Um, cause I broke it out one day and started playing with it. And the, it, the, the one big thing about it was the controller. Oh the yeah. Controller. It was a little bit like the Genesis controller, maybe, but a little bit better, huh? Yeah, it was a little bit better, but you know, the Gen- I hated the Genesis controller, but the 3DOs were a step up. But the thing is, is they didn't have the content, and believe it or not, the content people were looking for were RPG and sports games. Totally different type of gamer, huh? Yeah, that's not much crossover there. I feel like. Yeah, but they had fighting game. Oh, and fighting games were always big. Yeah, but uh, you know, the 3DO had. Uh, I think it had a Street Fighter and something called Samurai Showdown. That was that a fighting was, game, yeah. Yeah, Samurai Showdown was awesome. Yeah. And, uh, of course, it had Gex. I don't know if you remember that thing. The, oh, the I Gecko. remember Gex. We played that on PlayStation 1. Yeah, they brought it over. to. They brought it. I think it, it was started Gex. on 3DO, I think. Yeah. They brought him over to PlayStation 1. That because, was a fun game. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, had, you played the 3DO via... Uh, Software, etc. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any other like TurboGrafx 16 or Neo Geos or anything? Uh, we had a Neo Geo, but it was on the way out. Okay. Um, the Neo Geo was like $799. No one was buying that, right? No. It was yeah. like a real small section. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. We had like little sections and stuff. I remember vaguely, man. I remember you had this um, board on the back of the register that showed game releases, and you wrote it in marker or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, because we got updates every week. But yeah, Nintendo the Neo stuff Geo. was always being pushed back. I remember that. <laughs> All the Nintendo sixty four stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, the uh, yeah Neo Geo. I never really played any of those games. Um, a friend of mine had one, and but he never. It just kind of sat in the corner and gathered dust. The huge cartridges. Yeah. So that's where that's where Samurai Showdown w- was from, and uh, that Neo was 3DO. Geo was, well, they, well, maybe were, 3DO bought it. it might, they had a release on 3DO, maybe, but uh, yeah. But Samurai Showdown is SNK, which is like that's one of their top. Uh, yeah, that's one of their top games. Like the, basically, the Neo Geo was like ninety percent fighting games, and mm-hmm. then a little bit of like shooters. Like when I say shooters, I mean like top down, like Galaga, but you know, or side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah he like bought. That. Yeah, he, my um, friend Bill was big into fighting games. That's he yeah. had. He had a Neo Geo. He never got a 3DO because um, it really didn't have anything on it. Yeah. And, uh, and then he had the the Super Nintendo. He had Super Nintendo Genesis, and that's where I got all my gameplay for that. You know, later on when he bought all those. <laughs> did, did the 3DO sell at all in your memory? Uh, we sold a like probably two the whole time we had it. The only time we sold those is when they marked them down to like a hundred dollars. Okay. 
um, this guy came in and bought both systems and all the games. Oh, wow. Maybe he's a collector. He probably still has those, man. Well, if he does, man, you know, if he has some of those games, they're worth a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, I think Samurai Showdown and the the Street Fighter one is kind of pricey because okay. it had something. One of them had something special in it. Oh, the Street Fighter one was like known to be one of the best ports of that particular right. yeah. two yeah, turbo yeah. or whatever, like at the time, like it was supposedly like i remember reading about this I never had one but you know i was a egm reader and stuff so i knew what was going on i just didn't play it myself but apparently it was like really good did you have to did you have to order like if you like like let's say you wanted um to order some more like rare stuff like 3do or turbo graphics or something would you have to order it yourself or you pretty much just got whatever they sent you they really just got whatever they sent us. There was a time where if uh, when I got in there, uh, they had just finished acquiring Babbage's. Okay. And they went from software, et cetera, to Babbage's, et cetera. And oh, th yeah. they brought over, they brought over Babbage's. Hey, if you want this game, we can contact another store and we'll have it shipped to a, to your UPS next day. Oh, nice. And UPS Next Day Air is pretty pricey, but you didn't have to pay for it. You yeah. didn't have to pay the shipping. You just paid for the cost of the game. Um, and that's what <laughs> that's what put them into bankruptcy. What? That's what put that's Babbage's ridiculous. into bankruptcy. That's what put Babbage's into bankruptcy, but um, the for some reason, they kept a lot of the people on from Babbage's. Um, this is this is the story. This is the tale that has been told me. They kept a lot of people on for Babbage's, and they liked that feature. So we were able to do that. Um, but we never really had requests for anything 3DO. We always had it for um, Super Nintendo games, PC games. Uh, there were um, Genesis, rare Genesis games. You know, really hard to find Genesis games. Really? Could, yeah, you could type it in the computer, and you could access... Like the entire the entire inventory of the store of the the whole company, and like you would type in um, this game, and it would say you know this this store in like Arizona has it, and you'd call this store, and they'd say, look, we don't have this game. Everybody keeps calling this, but it's not in our inventory. And we're trying to get it fixed, and uh, I I wish I could remember the name of that game that everybody was wanting. Um, Gunstar Heroes, or I don't oh, know. I, I could tell you. Uh, I know there were, you know, people trying to find old Nintendo, you know, NES games, and they weren't selling them until, you know, they started doing the, um, uh, what is it, the uh, uh, used games. They started selling used games when we started carrying Nintendo cartridges. Okay. So that was like, oh yeah, there was like was no used game section at the time, huh? Uh, uh, no, there was no use. They started doing used games when um, Software Etc. came out of bankruptcy, um, and then they acquired. I think it was right before they acquired uh, EB Games. Okay, um, and they started doing these buybacks, and you do the buybacks, and then you'd ship it off to. Um, the main, you know, you 
take all your used stuff that you bought back for the week and ship it to the main office and they would refurbish it and repackage it and send it back. And, you know, that was, that was pretty cool. Cause I think they bought, there was actually, there was an actually a, a an actual store they bought out that sold used cartridges. Okay. And that's how that started. There was a, uh, it was like a mom and pop store that they bought out. That's GameStop's main bread and butter that and toys. Oh now, yeah. Huh? Yeah. It was like my son, <laughs> my youngest said, he goes, he was either, no, it was my oldest. He says, you know what GameStop is? I was like, what? He's like, it's like a modern day hot topic. And I busted out laughing. <laughs> I was like, hot topic with games. <laughs> it's also funny that he says modern day hot topic, like, like hot topic yeah. is so old to him. Do you still keep in touch with those guys? Any of those guys from the shop? Uh, just one. Yeah. Um, I've pretty much lost everybody at the time. I mean, even in a day of Facebook. Yeah. You know? I remember their faces a little bit, but <laughs> it was just a long time ago. You know, we're talking for the listener here. This is like a 20 years ago or so. This is what? Well, yeah. 95 to 98, right? Was when you were running the store. Yeah. Well, 90. Yeah. I was about 95. I ran the store from 96 to 98. I, I got in there in 95. Okay. That was when Super Nintendo was still strong. Well, it was actually near the end of its run, huh? Probably. Yeah, it was. It was pretty much on the, you know, it was still popular. There were some titles that were coming out that people wanted. Yeah. But uh, what was the most popular Super Nintendo game at the time? Do you remember? Oh, by far, it was Killer Instinct and the Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh! When K- Killer Instinct came out, I mean, that was that was by far a game changer for as far as fighting games. That one in Mortal Kombat, and you know, Mortal Kombat came out on the Genesis, but the graphics weren't as good on the Genesis as they were the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo. But the Super Nintendo didn't show blood. Yes. Yes. So. And that was the appeal because, you know, mom and dad said, hey, you can get the one on the Super Nintendo because there's no blood and it's not mature. Yes. So, you know, that's why it sold still. I mean, we sold. Oh, my. I, I couldn't tell you how many copies of those two <laughs> games we sold. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. But I love Killer Instinct and yes. Mortal Kombat. And even, Mortal Kombat 2, I think, was the best. Yes, it, yeah, probably. I loved I loved both of those games, man, and and I remember the Super Nintendo Killer Instinct came with this disc called Killer Cuts. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, dude, it is on YouTube, and um, I ripped it. It is on my iTunes now. Um, really? And I remember, like, it was so big when we went to Qzar Laser Tag. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. They would play the Killer Cuts. CD uh, while we played laser tag. And I thought that was like the coolest thing in the world Dang, when I was I a kid. Forgot, I'm going to have to look for killer cuts now. <laughs> yes, it's there. It's, and it's so weird too. And there's, there's also this footage of, uh, of like an E3 in 1995, where it's the killer cuts girls or something, the killer instinct girls doing a dance to one of those songs. And they're like, they're called like the nunchuck girls or something. They're doing like some nunchuck dance thing. And it's wild, man. It's like an E3 from 95. 
And wow. it was just such a weird tie-in, but it worked, and I have a lot of nostalgia for it. Supposedly, I do a lot of research on this stuff, every now and again anyway, Killer Instinct in Europe came with a watch, <laughs> not, oh, not the CD, so they got they got screwed. I don't yeah. know. I, that watch might be worth something. <laughs> yeah. <it may laughs> if affect- people still had lost it, wasn't a digital. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was probably like a 90s Timex kind of thing. But, oh, yeah, man, I forgot all about that CD. Now I'm going to have to go look for it. Oh, I, yeah. man, I could not forget that. I mean, I, it was just so, it was a, it was such a cool tie-in, you know? It was, it was like, oh, I came for the game, but I get this too. This is cool. And the, and the cartridge was black. Yeah, I mean, God, that was that was the shit. When you got like a different color cartridge, that was that was pretty awesome. Like Maximum Carnage was red, and a yeah. few others had different colors. I remember, but yeah, I think it was the there was one that was a gold cartridge that they came out with. Zelda, might, maybe? no, maybe, Zelda, no, Zelda on the N- Nintendo was gold. I think. Yeah. They're yellow in Japan. The the, oh, they are. the Mario games are like that kind of yellow. Yeah. yeah, they do a special release for Japanese release. Yeah, my my youngest, he's he's up on the Nintendo history. He's got a whole book on the history of Nintendo because he's a he's a fan, Nintendo fan. I mean, he's he ain't wrong. No, <laughs> I, he's got he's he's got from the. 64 on up to the uh, the switch. He's looking to get the Super Nintendo and the Nintendo. You still go to Eastdale Mall? Is it still around? Yeah, it's still around, but I don't go there. <laughs> well, why? <laughs> oh, it's it's turned into um, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It, uh, yeah, we don't, we don't have to go into that too much if you don't want to. Yeah. Once the Chuck E. Cheese moved in there. <laughs> Okay. They still got the stinking ice skating rink, though. They do. They still have it. Yes. <laughs> oh it's man, still, it's still surviving. They got the movie theater there still. I know it closed down. Oh man, I saw uh, Mortal Kombat the movie there. I saw, I think, Anaconda there. Uh, fucking, what else did I see there? We can cuss, by the way. Um, I saw. Um, I mean, I saw a bunch of stuff at East Del Mall. That theater's been around since forever. I remember yeah. um, seeing E.T. Oh, man, really? Yeah, E.T. was there. And um, uh, gosh, there was just, I remember seeing Stripes there. That was my movie really? I wanted to go see when I was 13. Oh, wow. My, my mom goes, what do you want to go see? We'll go take you to a movie. I said, Stripes. She goes, it's rated R. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. <laughs> but oh, no, and from... Since we when we moved there seventy or over on that side of town in eighties because I moved yeah. to Montgomery in seventy eight from the eighties to about eighty six it was you know you would just go to the to the mall to go watch movies because I could ride my bike to it was was so you're you're like an eighties kid essentially so was how how accurate is Stranger Things other than the monsters Stranger Things some of the you know like the the whole Dungeons and Dragons things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they, you know, with the kids playing Dungeons and Dragons, it's it's pretty cool, and you know the looks that they've got, you know, the hairstyles and the clothes and things like that. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty spot on. You know, I, you know, the whole 
commercial, you know, like they'll have the commercials and stuff from the eighties. I, I think it's pretty good. I love it. Yeah. I, I love that show. My youngest brother, Taylor is a maniac for that show. Actually. I think he really? likes it more than me. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever watched the Goldbergs? You know, I know Kevin Smith directed an episode or two of that. And I, I saw his episodes. It was like a Batman episode, but I haven't seen a lot of it, but, but that's like really spot on. Right. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to see toys from the '80s, movies from the '80s, video games from the '80s, the only thing that's not spot on about it is the the T-shirts. They were very hard to find. Mm-hmm. You had to go to Spencer's Gifts to go find some of those things. Spencer's and was around in the '80s. Spencer's been around since probably the beginning of time. My God, God. I did not know that. I thought it came around the '90s. All right. Oh, it's been around 70s, 60s, 70s. I, I, did not, I did not know that. To me, it has such a 90s vibe to it, but that was the peak of my going to the mall. Really? Going to go with Spencer's and spray the fart, the fart spray? Yes. <laughs> and that thing where it had like a bunch of pins where it would like make a, it was like metal pins where you could, you put your hand in it and then it made an impression. Yeah. And everybody just did the finger. And left it yeah. there like that's <laughs> that was oh, what yeah, you, you did. That, that yeah. was the thing to do. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, they the big thing for everybody. You never saw anybody wearing that. The, the one thing I say, you never saw anybody wearing movie t-shirts. Gotcha. They had, um, you know, you had people that wore these vests with all these pins for the groups. You oh know, yeah, like punkers or, or thrash metal dudes. Yeah, I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but you had like you know the big you know pins that had like a band's name on them, and you know the the one thing is uh, the one thing that was big T-shirt that I remember was uh, um, Frankie says dance. I think no, Frankie says relax. Okay. <laughs> if you ever heard that song called Relax? Oh yeah, that's a that was I mean that was kind of re- brought back to life with um. Zoolander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That movie's crazy. Yeah. But, uh, the first time no. I saw that movie, I didn't like it. And then I saw it again and it clicked and it was like, oh, this movie's genius. Yeah. I don't think I realized that you were like from Montgomery. I thought you moved there from somewhere else. I, I moved from South Carolina. Oh, okay. I, had but, those, I grew up in the 70s in South Carolina okay. in the last two years of the 70s. 78, 79 in Montgomery. Okay. And to about 86. And then I moved away and then moved back in 92. Back okay. to Montgomery. Okay, right. Yeah. Because you were done in the Navy. Yeah. All right. Um, and then let's uh, <laughs> uh, back to the uh, software, et cetera. Yeah, stuff. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. It's actually good to kind of get a wider picture. But. Um, so 95 is when PS1 comes out, and that was humongous? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we – that was that was like the – to this day, I think for that company, it's probably the biggest pre-sale system ever, console system ever. Why do you think that I, is? Like, what is it about – like, because no one – like – all right, to, again, to explain to younger listeners, this is the first PlayStation. Nobody knew what so- – this was Sony's first gaming system. Nobody uh-huh. knew what Sony was going to do. Only The only names we knew in gaming was Nintendo and Sega. Atari was dead for years. So, like, oh. 
it was just like I, I all to me it was still sort of a mystery as to why PlayStation took hold so quickly. Well, the the magazine, the EGM magazine, pumped it up. Yeah, and yeah. I couldn't. I see. Uh, for years before, I had been reading about Nintendo coming out with a, you know, a CD system next from the Super Nintendo. Yes, and they were, they were that, You know, they were supposed to partner with Sony, and something happened. I think Nintendo still wanted to do the cartridge or something. Yeah, and uh, they came up with like a hybrid, and then it fell through, and then they came out with the PlayStation One. But I think the games that came out for it. You know, you had, uh, I think Demolition Derby was one of them. Um, a big one was Twisted Metal. I don't know oh, if you remember man. that one. Oh, dude, that is one of the biggest things from the 90s, is um, Twisted Metal. Yeah. What is it? Wipeout? Wipeout, the futuristic racing game. Yeah. Yeah, that one was pretty cool. I mean, the games that they had were really cool, and they just they came out with a lot of them. Yeah. And Battle Arena Toshinden. Oh yeah, <laughs> I had that, and uh, they had a lot of, you know, it was on CD, um, and so the games were supposed to be bigger. And I think by then, you know, a lot of kids were reading EGM magazine and um, the other magazines because this is pre-internet. But um, so I, think- I, I had a, I had some friends come over to my place um, in in LA where I'm living now, and uh-huh. I got and and i i have a saturn i bought one on ebay and um just to the thing is it's hard to emulate saturn games and so i was like man i want to play some of those old ones so i had one laying out Uh my friends that are like pretty much my age and they were like what is that and i was like that's a saturn and they were like what is that (laughs) i was like you have absolutely no idea what this is Ah, it was awesome is what it was it was great but the thing is it's like People remember PlayStation, but it seems I, you know, I was a huge gaming nerd, still am. But I, I, to me, it was like they were like they had almost the same presence. I was aware PS One was more popular, I. But it seems like Saturn was like really not that popular in some areas, some of, of America. You know? Yeah, yeah. But you know, come to think about it, I didn't even think about that. The first real CD was the 3DO. It was on CD, and then the Sega CD came out. I don't know if you remember that thing. I had a Sega CD, actually. It was um, not bad, but it was definitely not good. It, <laughs> you know? uh, I, think, I think it did have Madden Football and a couple other games. I think it had a fighting game on it. Sonic CD is yeah, supposedly right. the best Sonic game to this day, actually, because he goes so fast, he goes into goes back and forward in time. And the soundtrack is good because it's a CD soundtrack. But yeah. I mean, most people think that Sonic CD is like one of the best ones that they made. But uh, yeah, but I think the big, uh, I think the big draw for the PS One was the the amount of games they came out with and the variety. I mean, because right. you had, you know, you had fighting games, you had driving fighting games, you had race games, you had um, tons of sports games. You know, because they stayed up with, you know, all the Maddens. Yeah. Um, they even started, I think they, that's when the college football game started. Um, basketball, yeah. you had the boring baseball games. <laughs> um, I, those things are just so boring. But, Shot I mean, fired. But they, uh, yeah. I mean, playing baseball is one thing, but, you know, on a video game, it's just like, ugh, yeah, really? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, but they appealed to everybody. You know, they they drew from a wide base. I think that was the and the hype behind it that they did before it came out is really really what did it because there was like a ton of um commercials and stuff for it. You know, I think I still to this day I think the best commercials they ever did were um Crash Bandicoot. I don't know if I remember those commercials. Oh, you gotta go look them up on YouTube. Okay, because <laughs> they call them like standing out in front of the Nintendo headquarters, going, "Come on, Pretendo!" <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I, Crash Band- Crash Bandicoot was like a big hit. I have Crash Bandicoot. I, I think that PlayStation really made a name for itself whenever uh, Resident Evil and Tomb Raider came out. Oh think- yeah. It came out on the other systems as well, but it just seems like it came out on Saturn, I believe. But it just, you know, it ha- had a major hold on the place PlayStation market. I guess it was a yeah. it was more of a big deal for for PlayStation. Yeah, I did think. You, Resident- did you sell a bunch of Saturn stuff, by the way? No, I, I think that <laughs> it was just me buying shit. There were, I mean, there were some people who were big Sega. You know, you have like a core of people back then you had either you were either sega or you were super nintendo or nintendo right and right. sega the people that were say uh, sega fans they were very it was an a niche market i mean yeah they those were the ones that did not care about the the sports games they wanted you know because the sega had a lot of action you know contra super contra you know, they had Sonic, you know, the real fast paced games yeah. because the Sega games, they they lacked color. I don't know if you noticed that, but yeah, there was. Yeah, they're, I, I know what you're talking about. The color's not quite as good a lot of the time. Yeah, but they ran faster. Yeah, yeah. You didn't have to sit there and wait forever while, the, you know, your Nintendo cartridge just started up. Yeah. And right. uh, I never had. Anybody complain about a Sega cartridge having a cartridge having to blow it, blow on it? You know like that's, you do true. that's true. That's true. Never actually, had yeah. that trouble. But one uh, of the co-hosts on here, he's a huge Sega guy, and he he uh, you know doesn't like Nintendo quite as much. You know, Sonic Sonic fandom is actually surprisingly strong. I mean, you see this with the movie that they that people had backlash about the trailer. Oh yeah, those. <laughs> I watched the trailer and I was like, "Man, this is really cool." And then someone <laughs> um, they said something about its human teeth. I was like, "Oh God, give it, get no, just stop." People do. <laughs> the people do pick it apart, like uh, maybe yeah. a little too much. I'm like, just go watch this stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna redo it though. They're redoing that Sonic. Really? Yeah, because of the internet backlash. I was like, "Why are they making it?" Well, you know, because. It's not appealing to kids. It's going to be appealing to people that are like 30 or 40 years old. <laughs> I know, right? Sonic's kind of been dead for a while, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's but, funny. Like People view Sonic as more or less like a relic from the 90s, but Mario is kept current, you know? Yeah. I think they brought back Sonic really in, what was it, Super Smash Brothers? Was it Wii U? Something like that, yeah. I, and my my youngest didn't know who Sonic was, and oh man, we had to tell him just. And uh, me and my uh, oldest had to tell him because my oldest used to watch the Sonic 
Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon on TV. Oh yeah. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, back when, before you could get, you, you know, before YouTube and stuff like that, the Game Boy Color had these little video game cartridges or video cartridges where it would play like a 15 minute episode on a cartridge. Really? And it, it would have two, I think it was one or two episodes and he had Sonic and a couple other ones. Nice. And, it was pretty neat, but then, you know, the internet speed started getting faster, and then um, I think YouTube, something something came out, and it, and it just never took off. But he had a bunch of those video video game cartridges. I did not know that. I know PSP had the, those UMD movies, but I didn't know about the cartridge. Yeah, the movies. cartridge they could only put, I think it was like either, I think it was 30 minutes or 24 minutes of video because they were without commercials. Oh right! So it was about twelve minute episodes. Uh, yeah, you have to look that one up. It, it was kind of—I can't remember how many t- titles they had for it, but it was real small. But Sonic was one of them, and uh, Sonic and he had—I think there were some Nickelodeon titles on there, like you know, not Rugrats, but uh, some of the other Nickelodeon titles. Not SpongeBob, I don't think either. It might have been SpongeBob. Rocco's Modern Life. Uh, no, that was that predated him. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, me and my yeah. wife used to always watch that. <laughs> They're bringing. They brought. They made a movie recently, a TV movie for Rocco, and uh-huh. I think they aired it on Nickelodeon. But it like no one watched it. Like I didn't even know about it till it was over with. But apparently really? they're gonna they're gonna add that to Netflix at some point. Huh. So you're gonna be able to watch that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the nineties were a big. I think you know how the the eighties were a defining year, a defining decade for heavy metal music and just music in general. Yeah, for the different variations, I think the nineties were the defining decade of video games. Really, I think so. And you were right there, being from like ninety five to ninety eight, like all the. All the like major things happened. It was like Atari, the Atari stuff and 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 television was one thing, but I think it didn't really ramp up. At least maybe I'm biased, but it didn't didn't really ramp up until until the nineties. Well, especially because, console gaming. Well, as far as console, you wanted to go home, you know, because you know it wasn't really until the Super Nintendo really that you could get a good quality arcade type game. Right, Turtles in Time. Oh god, yeah. That and the yeah. Simpsons. Yeah, the Simpsons game. Those games are um, huge. Yeah, my youngest finished that game. Oh really? Yeah. Um Skate Zone, which is up here in Wetumpka, they had that game for years and my young my oldest played it and finished it, and then my youngest finished it and played and finished uh played it and finished it, and I've finished it like numerous times. That's something that I think a lot of this reminds me of something like when, especially when like Mortal Kombat one and two were out in the nineties, you would. Okay, I feel like I have to explain this to a lot of kids. <laughs> Sorry if this is old news to some people listening, but like arcades were better than home consoles graphic yep. wise, and they would come out in arcade months before they'd come out on home console. So it was like a movie in the theater before it came out on VHS or DVD, Blu-ray, iTunes, whatever you call it. And then, so we would want our mom to go to like that certain Roses or that Kmart or that 
or whatever, because that Kmart has Mortal Kombat 2 in the front of the store. You know what I mean? Like, we'd play that while she'd go shopping. You know, instead of going, it was like we had to, we would like uh, request that over another store that she'd want to go to. I, I don't know. I feel like that that whole like time period is pretty much lost. Yeah, that and you putting your quarter on the machine to save your game to fight the yes. next fight the person who won. So if you won, you're like, crap, I got to play this dude. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Because yeah, it was like, you know, who wanted to be the top dog and that's how you did it. Yes. And uh, yeah, but. You know, places like their retro arcades are coming back. There's one I want to take my kids to up in Huntsville. It's yeah. like twelve bucks for the whole day, and it's um, like free free play, right? Yeah, just just go play any video game you want. I was like, man, I gotta go check that out. Yeah. Did you um? Did you have any like crazy customers? Any like insane people come in to software, etc.? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Can you? Uh, do you have any stories about that? Uh, like one of my. One of the craziest customers I think I ever had, and it's not like irate, um, is this this guy, he would come in, like every week he would buy a game, and then he would, you know, back then Software Etc. had a real lenient return policy. Okay. They had, it was the stupidest thing on the face of the planet, 30 <laughs> days. If you don't oh, like yeah. it, you can return it in 30 days. This guy sounds like a genius, not crazy. Yeah, but he would, yeah, and he would buy a video game and then come back next week and he'd get another video game and he would just buy it and buy it, buy it, buy it. And, you know, it gets annoying because you're not making really any money off, you know, oh, the yeah. store's not making any money off. We're just like a, a, a rolling rental place for him. Right. And uh, I got a call from uh, the corporate office saying, you know, hey, we've got a lot of returns from this guy. Um, can you explain? And I was actually there, you know, they were upset at me and my district manager was upset at me for, for doing these returns for these guys. And I was like, look, you guys have a 30, I said, this store and well, software, et cetera, has a 30 day return policy. I was like, what does that tell you? <laughs> I said, this is just a rental store. And uh, he goes, well, you're going to have to tell them no. <laughs> so I told him, I said, uh, I said, uh, now look, um, I've been called my, my my district manager. You've had too many returns this this year. I said apparently one a week for you know whatever fifty two weeks or something like that. <laughs> Dude, he he blew a gasket right there in the middle of the store. Oh my god! And I was like, and uh, he said they're yelling at me and cussing at me, and I'm just looking at him, and I just calmly, you know, pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. And call mall security and said, "Hey, can you go to my store real quick?" While he's still yelling at me, they can hear him on the phone. And he gets done um, when he once he sees the mall security come in. He he kind of was quiet and he was he was probably in his twenties. And uh, I said, all I said was like, "Look, he's been he was cussing at me and yelling at me and my staff." And I said, uh, "They're like, what do you want to do?" And I said, "I want him banned from my store." <laughs> They banned him from my store. So, I mean, that was that was probably one of the craziest things I think I've ever had to do. But he like yelled real loud. Yeah, I mean, it was. I was like, dude, we know what you're doing. Yeah. But you know, you're getting me in trouble, and I'm putting a stop to it. And you're, you know, you're trying to make a scene to get what you want. And uh, <laughs> but uh, 
Another one, my, one of my favorite ones, and it was hilarious, is this lady came back. She bought a mouse because we sold hardware, PC hardware, too. Yeah. Just the basic peripheral stuff. Yeah. And uh, she brought she bought a mouse, and she asked me, you know, will this work on my computer? And I was like, well, you do, do you have, like, the little round the little round thing, it just plugs into the green one. Yeah. Okay. So like a week later, her husband, or she comes back, she goes, this didn't work on my PC. And the, she didn't have the box. I said, I can't bring the, you know, the, the return policy said it has to be in original condition, which means it has to have the box because, you know, we can't get any money. The company can't get money back if it's defective, not in the box, you know, cause there's no way for them to track it. And uh, I said, ma'am, you're going to have to have it in the original box. I said, if you bring it back to me in the original box, um, you know, I can give you, you know, we, I can do a return. Her husband comes back like two or three hours later in like a big, like a UPS box or something like that. He goes, my wife said you wanted this back in a box. I'm returning it in a box. Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, I looked at him. I was like, it has to be in the box it was sold in. Well, how do you know this? <laughs> How do you know this was in the box it was sold in? <laughs> I looked at him. I was like, "Really? You think I'm that stupid?" <laughs> I was like, "Look," I said, "I said I'll give you. I said I'll give you points for bringing it back in a box." I said, "But I'll give you even more if you bring it back in the original box." All right. <laughs> like until then, don't come back. <laughs> 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 you know. Working in the software center, there wasn't really, like I said, there wasn't really any bad customers. You know, I, well, there was one, and he was just a jerk. And <laughs> I don't know if you remember the video game that Diab uh, Diablo. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that's still I going mean, on, I think. Yeah, when Diablo first came out, this guy would call once a week, and it kept getting pushed back, like anything Nintendo. Mm -hmm. He would call like once a week, saying, "Is it in yet?" And I'd like. And he had like a $5 deposit on us. Like, well, you know, it's not here yet. It's not here yet. <laughs> well, one day, I think his girlfriend called or something like that. And somebody else talked to him. And for some reason, I can't remember who said who, who talked to him, to her, said it came in, but we sold out. Oh, man. And, uh, so he comes in the store. He goes, yeah, here's my, my thing from Diablo. I like Diablo. He says, you're sold out, but you, you have a copy of it for me. And I was like, what do you mean? It, it's not coming out you know, for another month or, or two. And he goes, someone told me it, it, was, <laughs> it was sold out. And I was like, well, I said, do you know who you talked to? It was my girlfriend. Well, who would you talk to? And she goes, I, I don't know. And he asked her, and he goes, she goes, I don't know. Then he started yelling at me. So I got five bucks out of the register and said, here, go to, I said, go to EB. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't want you here. Stop yelling at me. I had to e put five bucks back in the register. <laughs> e EB was your, was your rival for a while, right? Oh, yeah. They were, they, they were more what, um, GameStop is now. Yeah, right. And that's where that's where Software Etc. got the concept was from EB Games. And that's what, to why... to buy games back or what? Well, not to buy games back, but I mean, f the way the format was set, they were, they were console-centric. Uh, um, 
Yeah, right. Because I think right. I told you before, when we were doing software stuff, I think the biggest PC thing that they ever had was Windows 95. And they sold, yeah. you know, a good bit of it, but it was all to the military. You know, they would have different, um, like, offices over there at the Air Force Base come in and order, like, 50 copies of Windows 95 because it would upgrade from Windows 311. And oh, that right. was the... That was the cheapest way they could do it. It was like a hundred bucks, right? And so that was their big sale. But it went until Software Etc. bought out EB Games and went straight. They took a lot of the PC stuff out, kind of put it towards the back, and put the the redid the format of the store and did games first. Where when you walked into the store, it was console stuff you walked in the store i don't know if you remember you saw right there in the front playstation one. Oh yeah 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 and yeah. then it went from playstation to nintendo 64 and you know then some of the super nintendo stuff we had but it wasn't until then that's when the store actually became like super profitable so there was this moment where uh after the Windows 95 craze died down and PC gaming was dying was dying down and then console gaming just took off well they saw that consoles you could buy like i told you my first pc was $3000 yeah uh gaming pc at the time with a 3dfx graphics card which was a 4 meg video card um and that was the first one you could do sli by the way um <laughs> But they had a four or an eight meg version of it, and uh, PCs back then were fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, depending on what you got. And I think the biggest amount of memory you had was eight megs, then sixteen megs, then thirty-two. And you're looking at a lot of money. Yeah. Console games, you could get a PlayStation One. I think it was what three ninety-nine. Yeah. I think is what it was. And Nintendo sixty-four was was around the same price so they saw that you know hey the only people that could really afford these are adults and it's the kids that are the ones buying the games oh which yeah. is still true i mean you look at Fortnite. oh yeah oh my gosh you know i even like that game yeah 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 um but they saw where you know the people who were buying atari games back in my day were kids the people right. buying Sega and Super Nintendo were, were kids. And, you know, there were some adults buying it, but it was mostly, hey, mom, could you get me this for Christmas? Can you get right. this for my birthday? I'm going to save up my money and get this. So that they saw that, hey, the money makers are the console games, and they were right. I mean, they were right on the money. I mean, uh, to this yeah. day, I think consoles are still – they're – you know, PCs have their place for gaming and stuff. There's, you know, I, there's some stuff that you don't find on console that are in PC. But uh, yeah, if you're playing Civilization or The Sims or some game like yeah. that, it's got a StarCraft, WarCraft, it's got to be a PC. Tell me some eight-year-old is going to want to play Civilization. That's true. That's <laughs> They're going to want to play, like, you know, the Killer Instincts, the fighting games, the sports games. Right. I mean, those were the biggest sellers. Mm-hmm. Fighting games, sports games, um, the, the, the games that would scare the crap out of you, like Resident Evil. Yeah. Um, you know, even 
Diablo when it came to I think it came out on the PlayStation One, maybe it was the PlayStation Two. It didn't sell as good as they thought it. Blizzard didn't sell as many as they thought they would. That's interesting. Because I I kept up with um, a lot of that stuff over the years. How much um, was a Super Nintendo game like a new one back in the day? Was it like like I remember Chrono Trigger being like seventy bucks? Yeah, sixty nine dollars, sixty nine ninety nine. That's a lot um, in the nineties, man. That's like what? That'd be like nearly a hundred now. With Killer inflation. Instinct was seventy nine ninety nine, and we sold a couple hundred of those things. God, I didn't. If I, not, it's it's probably about four or five hundred games. We pre sold that one. I think it was like fifty or sixty copies of those. I mean, it was like, I can't remember the day it came out, but that game made so much money for that store. And we were at a $15 markup. There was different zones for them. It was either um, $5, $10, or $15 profit um, per game, usually to, to to the company because the costs were between Nintendo and the distributor so much. But I mean that that the we were at a high end. We were at the highest at one time before they marked us down uh, because of um, the competition from EB at the time. I was one of the people buying Killer Instinct day one. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we sold a lot of that. That and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Mortal the, Kombat Eleven just sold was like number one last month. Yeah. It's still still big, man. Yeah, they, they. I think they did the big tie-in with Mortal Kombat with the video with the movie. Oh yeah, because uh, they did. We once the movie came out, we started selling that again, and you got movie tie-ins that they're being real smart about, and that's the whole thing with consoles. You know, they do a lot of good tie-ins with things. I and think people, also. Go ahead. Yeah, instead, you know, PCs, you know, not so much. To me, I always, I was beginning to notice this when I was a kid, and I definitely appreciate it now. It's, it's that consoles had, had like the, the weird Japanese stuff sometimes too. You know, like even Mario is a little weird if you think about it. You know, like, yeah. like PC gaming was like more um, Western based, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that, of course. But I don't know. I always appreciated that kind of like. Japanese flair you'd get with with games sometimes on on console, you know. Yeah, that that was pretty cool, uh, especially like what is it? Um, what is it? Bushido Blade. I don't know if you remember that one. PS One. I definitely remember that. Yeah, yeah. Bushido Blade. That was the big one right there. Was that um, big? I remember that being kind of a hidden gem type of thing. Yeah, that. Well, in our area, that was a really big game. Believe it or not, um, there was a lot of people that. There was a lot of anime people in Montgomery, believe it or not. Oh, I don't. And, I do not doubt it whatsoever. And they had gotten word of it because they were the one. Um, there was this one guy who was a big anime, told me about it, and I started asking because it wasn't really advertised. And I started asking about if we were going to get this game called Bushido Blade, and uh, at the home office, and they said, "Well, yeah, you're supposed to get like a couple of copies." So I started um, pre-selling it. And yeah. I probably sold probably about 30 or 40 copies of it. And they were kind of amazed that we were did that because it wasn't a big title. But it was it was big in Montgomery. It was the first fighting game where it was like 
quasi realistic with one hit kills. So I think that's what a lot of people were 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 into. I mean, there was even a first person mode in that game. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, yeah. PlayStation is like the precursor. You know, people say Nintendo has held up over the years, but I think the PlayStation One pretty much set the way games are played today. Yeah. They had so many things. They had so many different genres come out on it, and they, it was real easy to program for, from what I understand. That's what I heard as well. That was why it became successful. Well, one of the reasons, anyway. The cartridge was really hard to to uh, code for. Hold on a second. You got a little bit of... Oh, it's going away now. You had a little bit of a hum going on. I think oh, you're good sorry. now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but the N64 was just it wasn't it it couldn't hold as much as the the CD could. Yeah. And to me the N64 it just looking back on it it had like real game changers like Mario 64 and, and Ocarina of Time but that it was like a system that was like mostly crap. <laughs> I mean, yeah. shots fired I guess a bold statement there but it's just I mean, look back on that library and like tell me that most of that is just a lot, like more more of a percentage than you would think. Yeah, they um, when we pre-sold it, I think I sold fourteen systems. Pre-sold really? fourteen. Yeah, but the big game for that, believe it or not, was GoldenEye. <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. But yes. Uh, I've got the GoldenEye watch for it because you could buy it was like fifteen bucks. You could buy a watch that looks like the watch that he looks at in the game. Yes. Yeah, because I still have my N64 launch watch also. We played we played that like crazy, I remember, GoldenEye. I think that was pretty big in our generation. Yeah, there was a game that we played at your house. It was on the N64. What was that game? Star Fox. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember playing that at your house. I had never played that one. And I was yeah. like, oh, man, because... Um, uh, they made Star Fox and was it uh, two of them? Two of the characters made it in the Super Smash Brothers. And oh uh, uh, yeah, the frog maybe. No, it's the uh, Falcon. Oh, uh, I think it's. I don't think the frog. I forget their there. names, man. I forget. I, I mean, that was a great game, but uh, I can't remember anybody's name but Fox. Yeah, yeah. A friend of mine, um, one of the guys that worked. At software, et cetera, was in the Air Force. He, okay. he worked part time, and uh, they had a big conference room TV that um, in where the office he worked, and they would had an N sixty four they could hook up to it, yeah, and play Star Fox four player up on a big screen. Oh, that battle <laughs> so, mode! Yes, we played that. We played that a lot, like, man. <laughs> That's funny. You, they were like actual pilots, but they want to play Star Fox on their time off. Well, no, he was just an enlisted, but they just oh, loved, yeah, 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 yeah. loved Star Fox because it was a, you know, a four-player multiplayer game. I mean, that was, you know, that was big where you could do that. But the only thing is, is the screens were kind of. Oh yeah. You know, you At might that be time, playing. A thirty-two inch was a big screen. Yeah. But it, yeah. that's that's what it was on, and he played that. But you know, I always got caught, you know, looking at the wrong screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like crap. I thought it was on this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, people like looking at yours, cheating basically. Yeah. Seeing what you're um, doing. That golden eye. That was a you know. But I think the was it the PlayStation, PlayStation and the N64 were the first systems you could hook up and go head to head. 
Oh, so me and my friend growing up, our big thing that we did the the with the link cable for PS1 was Command and Conquer Red Alert. Oh yeah. That was a big game too. I oh my god. Game. We played that game to hell and back. And we got the PlayStation mouse and we you know and we got these two TVs, two Playstations. My friend would come over and we would do this thing where we would agree to just build up our base mm-hmm. and not attack for like God hours and then finally attack. And then my, I remember he was like terrible at fighting games, but I, I would, I would get destroyed every time by this guy in, in Randall and red alert. But man, what a great game. I, we yeah. had, that was like, I don't remember playing like link cable, PS one all that much. Although we did do one time playing uh descent. Yeah. The, the, the drawback to playing it with the link cable is you both had to have a TV and TVs back then were, you know, pretty heavy. Yes, yes, yes. And you had to have the link cable, which they wanted a mint for. Um, yes. Yeah. I forgot about the mouse. The mouse was actually really cool. It worked. Uh, I mean, it was probably yeah, it was fine. a pretty cool little thing, but you had to have the mouse. Um, it, it, you know, the thing is, is it was prohibitive because you had to carry around your, your um your tv yeah that was the only thing but that was like you know people look at you know head to head where you play an online that was pre-online you didn't have uh they didn't have a modem for it they didn't have a dial-up for it at all I don't oh think. no there was nothing i mean even ps2 there was like almost nothing online yeah. really it was not until ps3 and you know where it was like really connecting yeah where you could play stuff online you could um download stuff yeah yeah i'm i'm a real big fan of the you know anything ps1 and ps2 not so much the n64 um super nintendo was okay oh, you know man. i'd say but it wasn't the, the ps1 and ps2 wore the system yeah. for me they just had so many games for it um yeah that was the beginning of a lot of stuff yeah even you know with the xbox my my oldest had the Xbox with, um, what is that game, with Master Chief? Oh, Halo. Halo. Oh, yeah. He loved Halo, and I loved Halo, too. Halo was a good game. Halo was great. I had a 360, and I used to play Halo 3, I think, all the time. Yeah. Do you yeah, have any... That, um, go ahead. Go, yeah, what were you going to ask? Oh, I was wondering about like the inside baseball stuff as to how uh, software, etc., eventually evolved in you know the the inside business stuff from software etc on into gamestop well what they did is when they came out of bankruptcy and the way they came out of back bankruptcy was actually pretty cool i took over his manager right before the bankruptcy and it was like within a week or two oh man they were bankrupt and we weren't getting any shipments and we were selling out of stuff so um, you know, like a good week, we, you know, a good week before pre-bankruptcy, you know, we would probably, you know, bring in thirty or $40,000 a week. And during the bankruptcy, we were lucky to make like 3000 to $4,000 a week. Oh, man. Sad. But the people who originally started software, et cetera, bought back the company. And EB had a higher, Electronics Boutique had a higher bid. But 
the people who the two guys who originally started software, et cetera. And I wish I could remember their names because I've talked to them. They're really cool people. Mm -hmm. um, they knew they knew what people wanted, but they got pushed out when they bought Babbage's. So they had a lower bid, a much lower bid. But the way that they presented themselves to the judge, the bankruptcy judge, he gave gave them the the company, and they pushed everybody from that was there at that home office. They pushed everybody out. They're like gone. He goes, you know, see ya, kick you to the door. And uh, over that year, um, I like right after they purchased it, it was like two weeks into the Christmas season when they finally finalized the bankruptcy and we started getting product and we started getting product big time. I mean, PlayStation games, you know, everything. It was just tons of stuff. And so we knew they meant business. But over the years, they bought like um, the, the, the last year, I think it was the last two years, they purchased um, these little small stores like uh, small chain stores that one sold um, comic books and action figures. Um, the one I told you about that did the used games. Um, and they start, that's how it started. And right before I left is when they bought out the one that did the comic books and the action figures. And that's when we started seeing stuff like that. Okay. Cause, uh, I purchased, we started getting the McFarlane stuff. Okay. And I purchased um, like Bob and Doug McKenzie and a bunch of the Spawn stuff, things like that. Um, and yeah, I just recently sold all that stuff on eBay for for a minute. <laughs> um, but uh, that's when it started turning into what GameStop is now. And I think somewhere, somewhere in the two thousands. Um. They, because uh, it was, they were wanting to call it Babbage's, etc. And I think somewhere like around 2000, 2001 is when they changed to GameStop, I think. But they became GameStop over time by purchasing those little small stores that did this, did this stuff and saying, hey, really, really, really like what you're doing with this used games. We really like what you're doing with the toys and stuff like that. We want to bring in our store because, you know, they're selling to young people. You know, right, and that's that's what young people. But in between, I was like your your seven year old kid to seven or eight year old kid, all the way up to like your twenty four, twenty five year old adult. That's that is the market they were hitting. You know, right. because you know guys my age, like you know, from the thirties on, they're like, you know, I I rarely went into the store. I only went in with my kid. <laughs> you know, so. They 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 knew, they knew their market. They did their research. Do so, you do you you like how software etc. ran as a company though? Pretty much until they got bought out. Um, there were some the the one thing I hated about it was their return policy. Yeah. It was the stupidest return policy on the face of the planet. Yeah. Um, but once they got bought out, it went to a week, which was a little bit more manageable. Okay. Um, but it, they're the way they handled things sometimes before they got bought out was just different. But it was they—they they were a good company because working for 
um, a music store going into a software store is like night and day. Right. A music store is, you know, our district manager was always on us about, you know, you know, uh, customer, you know, um, customer service is a big part for, over, of all of them, but they would send in people all the time to make sure we're helping people in the music store. Um, and the hours were long. I, I mean, and you're constantly having to listen to the same music over and over and over and over yeah, that again. That would drive anybody crazy. Yeah, and they really didn't care about – they didn't really care about their employees. We were just bodies that were selling stuff for them. But, you know, software, et cetera, both, you know, both times, you know, both companies actually cared about the employees. Did it? So it was sort of a big and rising company, but it still had like a mom and pop kind of feel to it, like a personal touch to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking now on their wiki and the president of software, et cetera, was Daniel DiMatteo. Yeah. And chairman Leonard Riggio. Mm -hmm. Yep. I've met both of them. Nice. And uh, I even met the, um, I think it was the either the president or the vice president of Sega America. No, really? Um, yeah, at one of our manager's conferences, he sat down, he bought us a drink and asked us what Sega was doing wrong. <laughs> and uh, my thing was like, you know, I said, look, everybody likes that buy Sega likes Sega. There's no one out there who has a Sega that does not like it. I said, you're not getting people because you're not coming out with, I said, you don't have football games. I said, there's no, I said, there's hardly ever Madden, you know, if there were Madden football games, if there were, you know, your basketball games, I said, if you start having those, you'd probably, you know, in, you'd probably start having people buying it because, you know, college age kids, they want the sports games, you know? I mean, I think they really tapped into something whenever they had the blood for Mortal Kombat because yeah. that was something Nintendo was not going to do at the time. And their other major mistake, looking back, was they just released new hardware all the time. You got the Sega CD, then the Sega CD 32X, and yeah. like all this crap. Uh, well, the Sega Channel, you know, with the, no one has an internet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even know what they were thinking with all that stuff. And they were, uh, they were there was thinking. no focus on gaming. There was no focus on an actual quality games. It felt they were like stuff out. They were putting stuff out before it, people were ready for it, and before they were ready for it. Yeah, the thirty two X was actually really cool. That's um, one of the worst game libraries, though. Oh I mean, yeah, I, I mean it was like what the best one was. What they had like a Sonic and Knuckles game or something yeah, for that Sonic thing. Sonic and Knuckles, yeah, yeah. Um, there was a. It was kind of like a Contra type game for it. It was okay. Um, yeah. I think Sega CD. You remember Super Harrier? Kind of the the one that I I played the most was well, it wasn't even that good, but it was Super Shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, Nintendo's screwed things up too during that time. You know, they came out with the Virtual Boy. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh man, we had it actually, and then we sold it not too much after that. Really? Oh yeah. Any game that warns you about playing a game too long because it might kill your eyes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not a good idea, guys. Yeah, that they definitely messed up there. The guy that created the Game Boy actually created that thing, but but yeah. he he just kind of you know couldn't make a success twice. Yeah. Didn't make a hit twice. I remember you guys buying that Virtual Boy from us. Really? If I'm not mistaken. 
I mean, yeah, yeah we probably got it from you guys. Yeah, we I got mean, our ten- what was it? The Super Mario World, and then there was a Mario Tennis that was popular. Something like that, yeah. Tellero Boxer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we sold the last two Sega Virtual Boys to the same same guy who bought the last two 30Os. They marked them down to nineteen ninety nine a piece. The Virtual Boys, really? Yeah, he bought both Virtual Virtual Boys and all the games. So yeah, it, it, I can't remember the guy's name, but I remember his face. But he was a he was a good customer of ours. I, I mean, he was he had every console, any console that came out, he would come buy it. So well, yeah, he's probably a collector. Come to think of it, he probably was. I mean, he's probably a big eBay guy now. Who knows? <laughs> probably. <laughs> Do you have any like uh, mall rats type stories? You and the guys hanging out, like having adventures at Eastdale Mall in Montgomery, Alabama, in the nineties? Anything like that? Uh, I didn't hang out in the nineties cause I worked there, but during, <laughs> um, like for when I was in school, yeah, we, like I said, I was in bike riding distance. I li- li- lived over there in Lagoon park. Um, and we would drive down, we would ride down, um, Hey Jess, we would ride down and, um, go down that ditch that went beside the mall and we would, um, go to the mall out that way and go watch movies during on Saturday. Uh, me and a bunch of my friends that lived in the neighborhood. That was about the extent of it. We went and bothered everybody. We went and bothered <laughs> everybody else, you know, kind of like the kids do. You go into the store and then you get chased out because you were being too loud or something like that. Right. Um, going to, uh, what was it? Orange. I think orange Julius was in the mall then. And uh, there was a two. This is before your time, before they redid it. Because when I came back um, in the 90s and early 90s, they had uh, redid all, a lot of the stores there. Uh, there used to be a two story Orange Julius there. Okay. And uh, we would throw stuff off <laughs> that balcony at people. I don't remember there even being an Orange Julius at the mall when I was there. Oh, no. It moved out. Gosh. 87 88 they redid a lot of the stores in 89 like you got your software store etc was there and 80 opened at 89 in that place really that was a that was a sandwich shop there that had the um upstairs because when i went in there i was like going man this looks like really familiar it was an upstairs place where you could go to what is there now uh god i couldn't even tell you <laughs> I, I haven't. I have not stepped foot in that mall since probably 2005, okay. six, somewhere it, around there. It was fairly close to the skating rink, right? Yeah, we had in that row where I was. Next to us was like um, that makeup place, mm-hmm. Earl Norman. Then it was us. Then there was the video the video store and then record town um and then you had like a clothing store and then you had the great american cookie company uh i do remember the cookie company i think oh, yeah, actually, yes that's why i'm so big man <laughs> <laughs> eating them dang cookies at that stupid cookie <laughs> getting a chocolate chip cookie sitting down playing video games and yeah <laughs> eating but, cookies uh, yes i do remember that actually yeah yeah I, I think they moved out of the mall GameStop moved out of the mall. Okay. Um, of course, the record store is closed. 
because well, yeah. you know, no one, everybody streams now. Yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't really tell you what was in there. I, I think Spencer's is still there. Oh my God! They're never going away. No, that thing's probably going to be there till the end of time. So we, <laughs> so we've talked about um, just kind of wrapping up here. We talked about like this, you know, starts off with uh, Atari stuff, and you know, I know there was stuff before that, but big movements, Atari stuff, then the '90s gaming, Super Nintendo on into PS One and two, three, four now. And, and, and how do you feel about gaming now as a whole? It seems like you still play a little bit. I mean, esports and all of that kind of stuff. Well, I took a break from gaming in 2010 because it was just, well, probably year 2009. Cause I was big into call of duty, um, half life, and you know those type of games, I really and uh, I really love those games. And Battlefield One and Two, you're probably still in Half Life and the PC big boxes, right? And software, etc. Yeah, I think Half Life came out there after. No, I think it was there the year before I left. I got to yeah, head out of here in a minute, man. All right, but um, anyway, catch uh, catch Superhouse on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, also, most importantly, uh, patreon.com slash superhousepodcast. Lowest uh, tier is a, just $1, everybody. <laughs> um, and uh, do you have anything you want to, um, any links or anything you want to put out there? Your son's Twitch or anything like that? Uh, it's called Skits. His name is Skitscat on can you, Twitch. Can you spell it? It's S-K-I-T-S-K-A-T. Okay, Cool. It's been cool catching up with you, man. It's been a long time. All right, man. Well, it was good from hear- hearing from you, man. I'm glad you guys still enjoy video games. Oh yeah, we're still around. <laughs> we're still we're still <laughs> playing them. <laughs> it never stops. <laughs> All righty, man. Okay, I'll uh, check you later. All right, bye.
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 